We'll talk later. Yeah, yeah. He did what? <gasps> You're listening to Art Root Radio, and I'm your host, Michelle Lockery, and this is the Women of Michelle series. What the Women of Michelle series is, is um, well, they're stories that are created into cut-up wedding dresses, portraits, and a podcast. And combining all of those mediums is um, a chance to collect stories, connect with women, and um, just kind of have a modern party line. When I grew up, the party line um, was the connection. And it was where you would be on the phone and somebody would, you could hear their voices and you could hear each other's voices. And the pieces of her as we formed community were, well, laid at our feet. So stay tuned and follow along on Art Root Radio for the Women of Michelle, Pieces of Her, and come and join our party line on Art Root Radio. You're listening to Art Root Radio, and I'm your host, artist Michelle Lockery. I'd like to welcome you to a new series that we're doing on Art Root Radio, and it's the Art Story Dress. Now, the Art Story Dress is, um, well, it's a project that I um, have just fallen in love with, and it is telling stories of the women in my life and the women that I have met or the women who have raised me, or the women who have mentored me through, well, taking apart wedding dresses, finding, discovering wedding dresses, finding the story in the dress, and letting the dress be kind of taken apart into pieces. The whole idea came because when I was a child, and there was always some, you know, challenging times growing up in a small coal mining town, that, um, I wanted to be creative, and my mom was a very creative person who really understood um, trying to keep that culture and creativity for her children and herself. She had moved from her small coal mining town when she met my father and lived in a town that was just full of culture. It had, they built floats, and there was all different immigrants, and there was all different foods, and just different stories, and you know, the ladies, well, they made amazing doilies and linens, and they were from all over the world. So, as my mother describes it, it was just this this kind of a mix of people with ancient skills and knowledge trying to survive in a coal mining town and raising their children. I would look at the pictures of my mom in her teal velvet dresses, her wedding dress, the beautiful things that I craved as a young woman the dress. So one day when I was being creative and my mother was working, I thought it was a great idea to cut up my mother's Chantilly wedding dress. Hmm. Well, you would think my mother would have come home and, um, yeah, you know, but she, and you'd be like, well, she didn't. <laughs> I'm seeing what I would do to, I'm, I have to say, I don't know what I would have done if my daughter, oh, I didn't have a wedding dress. I had a magenta dress because my wedding was a bit of a shotgun wedding. Long story short, as I am now in my upper years, I thought I would like to pay tribute to my mother and many mothers and many women who have looked at the wedding dress as a, a blank canvas of hope. I can remember cutting through the sequins and the sparkles of her Chantilly lace dress. And I thought I was making something so beautiful because I was making a miniature replica of it. Now, as an artist, I always thought, 
to deconstruct, to reconstruct is what art is about. But I really think it's about telling stories and making people see what they maybe cannot see. And I could see, no, no, we go here that I could make something as beautiful as that Chantilly dress and as beautiful as my mother. I look at that as a very pivotal thing in my life. And so when I found the first wedding dress, while I was experiencing the loss of two very important women in my life, two mother-in-laws, I, um, I thought, well, you know, I have had a lot of pain in my own life, a lot of loss, a lot of challenges, a lot of bullying from bullies, governmentally, community, and, um, you know, those pieces fall at our feet. So when I found this wedding dress that I felt reminded me of my mother's dress, I took the first snip and I cut that dress and I cut it again and I cut it again. And as the pieces of silk and lace fell around my feet, did I start to feel free? And did I be able to put all of my pain in those pieces of that dress? Any hurt, any bad words, any of those sticky notes that I had let life stick to me, I let go. And then when I looked down, I saw all of this amazing lace and these patterns. And when I looked up at the dress, the dress became this just, this new story. A new story of my mother made more beautiful for the holes that life had cut in her. Now, when you come from a coal mining town, you know, people always question and say, oh, was it dirty? Was it this? Well, there were challenges, but those women were like fine Chantilly wedding dresses. Just a little bit drug in the coal, but the coal only made it more beautiful. And so, and the cultures. So I dipped the dress at the bottom in the lace in a mixture of paint and coal. And the result was exquisite. The paintings that went with it told the story. I was blessed enough to have a, an art show in my home area, which was just amazing, and have my mother see her dress and the pieces of her. Now, this has just caught on and I have received dresses from around the world and it is crazy. People are writing to me. They have letters. They want to share their stories, the stories of what those dresses meant. And it doesn't matter if you're male or female or it, it's the hope you put in when you are a young person and when you have anything you desire, whether it's a marriage, a career, children, that blank white piece of hope gets fractured. The yellow comes through the cracks, the cerulean blue comes through the cracks, and the white becomes changed. It has darkness to it. It has fragments. It has roots. It has crinkles. But what comes from it at the end of your life is great beauty. So please stay with me for the next, I would say, year, as the next series on Art Root Radio will be The Art Story Dresses, The Women of Michelle. Another fun piece of her in my mother's story in the Patricia dress was listening to my mom talk about meeting my dad. Now, I always thought my dad was Elvis Presley. I think my mom did too. Um, I kind of laugh about it because I think I fell in love with John Travolta way back in the day, and there's another story to tell in another dress. 
But it was really fascinating to have been at the art show with my mom and um, showcasing this this dress, this, I guess, homage to her and to her creativity as a woman. And just as this warrior whose Chantilly dress was, you know, taken through the coal, having my, my family show up, my cousins show up, just, just that strength of women that, you know, the women of the coal, it seems to connect us all. But it was really fun to listen to my mom tell me that I never knew that she met my dad on a first date. So when you were in college in Calgary, I went to the modern college of business, what happened was in grade 11, grade 11, I got very ill. And then I missed the school year. And then my dad um, says to me, you better make up your mind what you're going to do. So at that time, the mines weren't working. And the I applied to the apprenticeship board to pay for my schooling. And I was supposed to go to Edmonton. The Edmonton school was full, the college was full. So they put me into the Modern College of Business and I took a business course. That's awesome, huh? Yeah. So you so you went to school for a year? Yeah. And then you came home for the summer? No. And with, with the course, with the apprenticeship board, you had to work in, in Alberta for a year. So I worked in the bank. And then after that, um, I came, how did that work now? I came home, and then I, I had to work. So then I went to Lethbridge, and I worked for the apprenticeship board. Ooh. And where'd you live there? First of all, I went to the, I went to the um, what's it called, the, with the women, YCF, YWCA, whatever, I lived in there. And that was, up, yeah. And then, we'll see what else happened that. And I got married after that. So then you came home, so when did you start dating Dad? So if you were in Lethbridge and Calgary and all these places, how did you tie up with Dad? Uh, I met him, it was a blind date. Sandra Chalmers and I had gone to Crow's Nest Lake, went to the dance, and she was with George Henderson. And I, I met him, but I didn't register who he was and stuff like that. And then the next day, uh, George came to, date, to see Sandra, and he brought Ron with him. And uh, she asked me if I'd go with her, with her to the state, and I did. Well, where'd you guys go? Just we just drove around. We went to Blairmore, like to the, the there used to be that you know the restaurant, the Chinese restaurant in Blairmore, mm -hmm. where you have the music box over there and those seats and stuff like that. That's uh, we went something like that. We went to a show. Did you kiss him? No, no. So when did you date him again? Uh, probably, probably in. Um, not very often, because I, I was, I was, I had to go to school. Then I would go to school and come back. So did you finish school? So you graduated? Oh, yeah, I graduated, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I got a top honor for the fastest typist in the Alberta. And how fast could you type? I don't remember that, but I, yeah. My mom had this, I don't know where that thing is now. So the fastest type in Alberta, so she probably should have a computer as we're starting this book. I can't so type that, anymore. Yeah. But I'm sure you can. Yeah. In this series, The Women of Michelle, The Story Dresses, this is the part that the connection of the women will be told through the dresses, and each piece will tell a story of the past, the future, and how even today, the women, well, they connect still through their stories. There will be stories that um, might be really hard to listen to, 
Um, and with my mom narrating this whole series, my mom will have a, she will be this constant thread as she is the observer, as she lived that life, she helped build that community. And she was um, a bit of an outsider as she came from another coal mining town. So it's very, um, it's very kind of a beautiful thread of an embroidery thread of my mother's story as the narrator, as she can tell the story as she stood in that place in time. I can only tell the story from my place in time, but yet it's like the dresses are speaking ancestral through those women. And um, just keep listening as you hear pieces that might take you to 1950, it might take you to 2022, it might go back to 1980, but there will be a thread. And, and hang on to the end of the podcast because some of the stories will be, well, revealed to you like the layers of tulle and the layers of silk and the hopes of the women. So then it would have been very much, you had two years in the city to come oh, yeah. home. I was a city girl. I went to see a ballet. I went to, I was, I was, yeah. Went to Banff. Had a life. Yeah. So where's oh, all yeah. those photos? I didn't ever had any photos of those. So then getting married. I never had a camera. Or so nothing. dad obviously had this camera yeah. when you met him. Yes. So it's, I think, telltale that dad, a minor, yeah. had this, you bought him a guitar, the same guitar that Elvis Presley had. Oh, yeah. I went, I went, was in Natal. <coughs> and I was, I, I liked a winter shop. And he always, he had this, he always liked to play the guitar. He didn't have anything that decent. So it was at Softco's. There was Softco's. And I saw this guitar hanging up. I said, I'm going to buy that. And I did buy it. And I, I, you got it? I don't know where it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then another time, that, that's how smart I am. I was looking again and I saw a banjo. So I bought the banjo. So, but mom, if you think about it as a young couple, you tried to give dad, dad wanted an artsy life. So you gave him a guitar. The guy had a camera. Like, so we have now just discovered it's September 2022. I'm 60, you're going to be 61 years old. And we've reached into this box and have found photos that this man took. Like, from my eye, it was, to look at those photos, he was very proud of his family. Very oh, proud. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was, yeah. Like, you know, and very engaged with his children and, mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. And yet, you gave up your, I would say, artsy city life and tried to give that to him when you were actually asking him in some ways to give that back to you could be never thought about it that way like if you're looking at it you both got stuck in a town due to circumstances of a little boy yeah, and then right. another baby yeah. yeah but both of you were these artsy kids stuck yeah, and, in, a, in different uh, avenues yeah so that's pretty marvelous in yeah. some ways right yeah. so his spirit would have left not being able to be like he you know, one, he had great yeah there's a lot of things he wanted to do and just couldn't do the water bottling plant he was good at that he was yeah he was he a lot he was, of dreams he had a lot of dreams and just... He was an inventor. Yeah, exactly. And a visionary. Very, yeah. Right? Yeah, he was. So how does it, like I'm sitting here going, it's pretty marvelous that you've now, photos, quantum physics, space and time, you're looking at your life like I can see, because you now see a view from his eyes again. It must feel, do you feel a little bit transported back? I think so. So isn't that funny? Really, like we're sitting here. Your dress, the pieces you gave your your niece, freedom last night. Mm-hmm. She like she has this dress and she has these stories. Yeah, you know yeah, very much. Way, yeah, 
yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I think we all have. We all grew up. Life isn't perfect, and, and if you allow things to happen, then that's what happens. And does it feel kind of like a movie, like you were watching a movie of another time? Yeah, it brought it. It, it really a lot of mixed emotions, like almost as if I don't want to see the past. You know, you don't want. You know, you just whatever. It's in the. It's in the box. <laughs> But you can see the power of healing for those that were part of that past. Well, it showed it showed a lot of good times, like with the people cleaning the land. Mm -hmm. That was a great time, you know. Um, there were people there who who were on the same level, like you know, like we cleaned the land, we we played games, we visited, uh, like like a buddy system almost, and we lost that small community. I mean, I, if, if I could go back to Michelle and live in Michelle as Michelle, I really, I really enjoyed the, the first few years. It was struggling, but, you know, it was, it was humbling. It actually was humbling. Uh, when I, my family in there, I never got to see them, and they, they came to visit, but it wasn't, it wasn't as a family thing. It was because it was a, if there was a, a reason to come, they would come, like say if there was a maybe a birthday party one time, they would come, but not just come to visit. So I miss miss my, my family. Right. I was always working. I, I worked from the time you were oh my gosh, maybe three years old, maybe eight. Sixty-four. You were four years old. That's when I got hired in sixty-four. Mm -hmm. I worked all the time at the school. You used to bring me with you sometimes because I have yeah, a vivid yeah, memory of being yeah. under Frank Mitchell's desk. Yeah. So there's a room yeah. I could draw it, and I'm in yeah. the desk, yeah. and I'm playing underneath the desk, yeah. and I'm watching my mom. Yeah. And there's bookshelves, and there's this huge wooden desk, yeah. and I'm opening and closing the drawer, yeah. and I'm hiding underneath, and mom's typing yeah, or whatever, and, and talking yeah. to Frank and whatever. doing this, and then she has, and the floors were this polished green like shiplap linoleum. It's, yes, it's like since I'm still at the cabin that way. And my yeah. mom's walking, mom's walking, and I could see your feet. And I'm like looking underneath there, and she's got this pleated green skirt, and it's the bottom of the pleats are moving, but I only can see her feet. And then coming back, and I must yeah. be drawing yeah. underneath the, hearing all those conversations, and loving the smell of the wood of the desk, yeah. and the big school pencils that we used to have. This, yeah, those thick ones. Yeah, and you you were very yeah. busy. Yeah, I was always busy. Right yeah. in that. And then uh, my mother-in-law would come and give this a hand. Like she she was really helpful. Grandma Femi would. Yeah, she'd come. Yeah, really? she'd come to the house. Yeah, she would help me with the laundry, or she would. I'd come home. I'd come home from school, and she'd be there cleaning house for me because it was two kids, and I would just full time job. And then on the weekend or summer holidays, like I'd be off for the summer, and uh, we'd go. Like Michelle would be hard to feed, so Lorraine would say, "Okay, we have lunch." So there'd be Bobby and Barbara and, and you and Scott and and Rick Brasado and all the kids. We'd go to Lorraine's house for dinner for lunch. Mm -hmm. And we sit there, the kids would all play, and then the next day might be Gladys's house or Mary's house or my house. Yeah, I didn't like to eat. Like, like for me, Mom, I don't know, between Velveeta cheese, slimy ham, pram. Hot dogs. No, I still like hot dogs to this day, and yeah, I like them. We do that. Yeah, the kids play, yeah. So when was the time that you went from putting on your fancy clothes to stopping that? Because there's always that. When I quit work, probably. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Because you have the, I saw the car, you know, the, what was the car? Which one? The pink one. Oh, the Morris Minor. 
right? Yeah. So you still wore lipstick and curled your I, hair? I worked, yeah, I worked, yeah, I had that car. And that used to be really funny because there would be uh, my mother-in-law and the other ladies, I forgot who they were now, and they were big ladies, right? And we'd get, we'd get in that Volkswagen and we'd go to the lake, imagine. And I'd drive that bloody thing, and the cows, the cows chased us, but they, I don't know what they thought I, the car was, but they would chase the car. <laughs> you know what it really was? Auntie Gladys didn't drive. Auntie Lorraine no, didn't drive. No, I was Grandma a chauffeur. I was, didn't drive. I was a chauffeur. Grandma Sanishin drove. Grandma Sanishin had freedom. But she, she never drove after she married my dad. No? No, never. But she drove and was a Before. chauffeur for yeah. all the rich people yeah. in Bath. Yeah. Here's this beautiful woman that comes into a coal mining town with a bunch of women that don't have freedom, yeah. so you became their light. But I didn't get a driver's license since I was 21. But do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I was, I was a driver. Yeah, I drove. That's awesome, and you yeah. still drive to this yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. I laughed because Dad taught me how to drive, but we had the 57 Chevy because the gears weren't there. I had to go for my driver's license. So I go in and the guy says to me, where'd you learn how to drive? And I thought, I says, oh, I'm private property. <laughs> so he gave, me my, he gave me my license, that was funny. Because what was happening was uh, Charlie had to drive Femi everywhere because nobody had a driver's license, right? And Ron got tired of driving me. If I wanted to go summer shopping and everything else, he couldn't, he didn't like to shop. And so he said, I've had it. You better get your driver's license. And that's how I got it. Well, and he didn't have far freedom because the towns were all a mile apart. So. Yeah, but you still have to drive for, because I used to walk from Michelle to town with the buggy. I'd have the two kids. She'd be in the buggy on the inside, and Scott was be by her feet, and I pushed that buggy all the way from from Michelle to Natal, which would be about what five miles. I'm not sure how far that would have been. I can't about five remember. Miles. And then when I went to Natal, if I wanted to go to Natal, I'd stop and see Mrs. Fleming. They'd call me in, and or I'd see another. I'd see Cheryl Stevenson's mum, Myrtle. She'd lived up there, and I'd talk to her. And by the time I got there, all the way back. It was a long day. So then what, what I'm hearing is that the, the strip of the town, of Michelle and the town, really led to almost like a downtown. Yeah, you went downtown. You went, there was a downtown. Yeah, well, I said, why do you call it downtown? I don't know. But, but okay, because but I, I can remember. So yeah. you went down to the storefronts. There was a butcher market and a clothing store yeah. and a, so a bank yeah. and a theater. Yeah. So here's the missing link that everybody asked on Saturday, is what changed is they created the town, but they took the town down. Yeah. So they made a spirit square, but they made a mall. Yeah. There was a butcher store and there was the circle, but there there was never the feeling no. <clears throat> of being to go downtown. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so there was nowhere to go anymore. So there was the school, the hospital in that town. Yeah, no you guys theater. would go and walk and everybody congregated. Yeah. So when they divided the houses, you guys could never do that. It wasn't the same. Which is like downtowns, people still go yeah. downtown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that would have been like, different. Like there was a, a, if you, like you could go behind the hospital and go across a bridge and there was a hotel and then you got Dreyse Woods, like the grocery store, whatever. But downtown you had to go, yeah. That so was like missing. Michelle was here, so you'd go to where the hospital was, the church was there, yeah, and then you would go across that bridge and yeah. that's how you got to the school? So would you cross, because I, I remember going across the bridge, because I remember Auntie Lancaster's lived here. Uh, yeah, but they lived, they lived, you go down the road, you, you, you could turn a quick left and you go closer to the mountain, that's where, that's where they lived, yeah. So then when you got to Lancaster's and the bridge, when you crossed the bridge, where did you go when you crossed the bridge? There was a hotel, the hotel was there. So that's where you crossed to the Michelle Hotel? Yeah, yeah, there was a, yeah, there was a, like the clubhouse, yeah. That I, yeah. So then you guys wouldn't have had to go down. So my imagination no, is that school you was further. Down. You had to take a bus. You couldn't walk to school. 
but okay, but you couldn't go from the bridge over to the school and the hotel. No, 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 no. The school was further down. The school, school was past Michelle. But you couldn't get it from the side road of Michelle. You could only. Oh, you could have walked. You could have walked there. I mean, you could have walked. And that, that's where the bridge went. Yeah. No, the bridge was no. The it was a a part a part a partial bridge like a. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you could partially get to that on that other bridge. Oh yeah, in the beginning. Yeah, you could. Yeah. Yeah, that's why they moved the. They had to go was, you had to, yeah, you could go be. You guys stayed behind the hospital. Sometimes you guys were supposed to go down there, but you did. To the coal mine that used to burn there. That's right on the, the river. I know. I remember. <laughs> okay, thanks, mom. As you listen to the stories of pieces of her, you will see a tie to other women, cousins, aunts, grandmas, great aunts, great grandmothers. And as time has a way of weaving like threads, the pieces of her dresses, the story dresses, will also reveal. Some of the characters will return in the stories in this series. Just like when I was working on my mom's dress, I I just thought it was just one dress. And I was, you know, trying to pay tribute to my mom for the art show that I was doing in Fernie. But then my daughter got involved and my daughter, she wanted to do a pieces of her piece for the baby that my mother had lost. And so take a listen as my mom and my daughter reconnect and connect as women as they talk about loss, the challenges of, of motherhood at birth, and having no support in the different times and how the the pieces sort of tie together. And I watched in wonder as my mom and, and my daughter, they they, they got to know each other a little deeper as women, and that was a really breathtaking thing to take part. So listen to these little pieces of her. Today I'm really excited as we're starting a new series called The Women of Michelle, Pieces of Her. And in honor of my mother Patricia and my daughter Brittany, the very first one in the series is called Patricia. It's a very emotional piece. It's for healing and... Um, to thank my mother for being the incredible, incredible inspiration she has been. And um, so if we cry today in this podcast, just, you know what, cry with us because we all have pieces of her around us. So today I'd like to welcome my daughter, Brittany. Hi. And my mother, Pat. Hi. So ladies, how was it to come together virtually to create this piece of art? Mom, how did you feel about doing that? I I really uh, enjoyed it. Uh, it brought a lot of good memories and a lot of sad memories. And I think it's a story to, to share with everyone else that uh, we do have a past and we all do need some healing at some time and just wanted to share it. Well, how about you, Britt? Yeah, I really enjoyed... Um being able to kind of learn more um, about my grandma, because like I said, I actually didn't know some of the things about grandma until we kind of started this project. So um, I just thought it was interesting how sometimes in doing something, you can just learn more about each other and the reasons why women kind of are the way they are in their lives and how the past shapes them. So mom, how long do you think you carried those pieces of you to do with the loss of Mary? Um, I I think 
you you never ever forget um, when you when you hear news of other people having uh, say miscarriages or drama in their life. Uh, they they sometimes when they get so busy they put things aside, but sometimes a word or or a picture or someone will say something and it triggers the memory back. And you never forget, you just try to deal with it and, and go on. But I think it's good to share these feelings with your family. It sort of binds the family together and makes the family stronger to share things. It, it's really interesting to me because, um, I mean, the series started because I wanted to pay homage to you for cutting up your beautiful Chantilly wedding dress. I, I kept those pieces with me my whole life, like I'm 60 and I still have those little torn pieces of your wedding dress. And it was only finding out that that very significant picture, and we have the picture, it'll be on our website for people to see, is when you got out of the hospital and we both have the same very vacant look. Me, obviously, because I had lost connection because you were unwell. And you, who had to you know, look after your children, and then there's an additional part to your the story of the loss of your baby was that when you came home, what was the next thing that happened? Well, not so much just when I came home. I think the first thing for me was not being able to hold my baby. I, I know I will see her someday, and, and that's the best of what I'm looking forward to. So how did it make you feel when Brittany made that handmade dress with your dress and you first saw it? For me, it, it was such a special gift. It, it was there's no words to explain it. To have someone who who has the biggest heart ever, and, and I'll always appreciate that. And, and I just I don't know I just I think it made me feel better. Um, well, we're really excited for you to see it, Mom, because the strip of yellow when it comes from like the child connected to you, the woman, in the beautiful skirt dress that you made with the writings and the history. So Brittany, in your experience, because Brittany's also been a maternity nurse and has had her own dealings with almost losing a child. Brittany, how, what emotions did you, what brought out for you? Oh, making the dress for me definitely, um, first I wanted to be able to give you something that you could have for Mary, because I know in my experience and with working with people that have lost babies, it's so important to be able to acknowledge that baby's existence because you knew Mary from the second she was, was with you and you had all these hopes and dreams for her. And it's like for you to not have had that opportunity to acknowledge her presence and, and have that time to go through her things and have like a memory box that you could go to, even if it was for no one else, but for you, um, I feel like was such like that you were robbed of, of that. And so I, I felt just so much emotions making the dress for you because I just wanted to be able to just give you something that you could have in like whatever it is and in, in a little memory box that gave you something to just acknowledge that she was there and she was important and she shaped the woman that you, you were, even if it was only for that short time. A beautiful thing happened. Um, Brittany brought the dress and in Brittany's humbleness, she left the dress in a bag, gave me her new freeze dried marshmallows, which of course I was stuffing in my face and realized that the dress that she had made you 
was on the counter. And so I pulled it out and it was just, it's the, the wool that she has welted into, welted, wefted into, into fabric has, you know, this sheerness and she's got this lace and this netting and it creates almost like a bell, like light, like kind of, and so I put it up next to the skirt that you had painted and it attached. Now we could say it was static electricity because, but I don't really see that a lot in my shop. It and the sunlight came through the window and it was like the piece of yellow was attached and attached just sucked up the front of the dress like I would say like some woman lost her water the other way around and attached to the St. Christopher and the cross and it was like um, I had goosebumps and it was like in that moment you and Mary were reunited in, in this yellow light and Brittany tells the story of the sunshine babies so you could oh just of the babies um when a woman loses a baby, they have their, their sunshine children, which are the children they go home to that are supposed to bring yellow light and joy. But often um, during that time of trauma for women, it's often difficult to like acknowledge those sun, sunshine babies because they're going through so much trauma. And then they have the babies that come after, which are their, their rainbow babies, the ones that are supposed to bring you hope after such time, times of despair. So mom and then, of course, Auntie Linda afterwards, but. So I guess I'm your sunshine child, which is why you were going to name me Sunny. <laughs> and I was gifted with watching you and Mary um, reunite. So we're very excited about you coming and for you being able to have that dress, Mom. For you to have that we recognize as your women that it took us, it took me my whole life to understand what you never told us. And I think Brittany with almost losing Sam, I mean, Brittany, how do you, I, I, it would be very moving for us, for you to have that dress. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can say that it's been a, 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 a big relief for me, a lot of love and a lot of sunshine. And I'm so blessed. And I would like to thank you all from the bottom of my heart. It did, you did make a difference. Oh, Mom, that's awesome. Because we, we feel in, in, I feel like, lumpy thumbs. I've always, I have a lot of emotions, but I'm not always very finessy with it. It sometimes takes me, um, you're much more gracious, Britt, in your, because you have dealt with, I mean, you stopped nursing from, yeah. what, what's your story? Well, I just, I, I quit um, pediatric nursing from a family that had lost a child that they thought was going to be a healthy child. And when they were born, unfortunately had a severe chromosome deficit. And I stayed with that family for 11 days while that baby waited for its whole family to come say goodbye. And I thought I was totally fine, but I couldn't go to the funeral of that baby. And then afterwards I just was thought that type of nursing was just not for me. It was just, I just felt like I carried the emotions for that family for way too long. So, which is the reason that I left pediatric nursing in the first place, but. Um, I was privileged enough to be able to give that family all the things that you didn't get and was able to take pictures of, of that baby and take make, we made impressions of the hands and her feet and we took like photos and um, gave every person in that family an opportunity to meet that child and say goodbye to that child. So I was very grateful for the experience, but it also was my sign that I just, that was not the type of nursing. I didn't, my heart was just way too big to carry all of those emotions for all those people. So. 
And I think, Mom, for me, when Eileen was born and you met Eileen, was the first time that Brittany and I recognized that you still carried that trauma. That is something a mother never forgets. And I think we have to... Well, Mom, I guess you're wiser than us because you're a little bit further down the train trip than we are. But I think... To look now back as a mother, we now have Eileen. So here we are, these four generations. You and I can speak of Femi and, and Lorraine and, and Baba. But us four women in this room, and we'll be in that room in that gallery. And I think people sometimes un underestimate the power of art to heal and connect. Because here we are, we, we all grew and had our stories and had our traumas. And I think the pieces of her in this show is we all lose those pieces piece by piece. But last night I was sitting on the deck and I was looking at the sky, just watching that dress over and over and over and over again. And in some ways, the pieces of you that go away also make you lighter. And I think that it's only through connections like us talking, and I hope the power of storytelling and this podcast is that if there's women out there, please reach out. What would you say, Brittany, in your experience? Like, find somebody to hear yeah, and tell your story. Like, talk about it. Make, like, talk if it's your daughters or whatever. Like, tell your stories because it gives you a greater understanding of of that person. Because I think Grandma, like, knowing about Mary, like, when I almost lost Sam, like, for me, I was my rainbow baby when everybody said, why did you want another child? It was because with Sam, I felt robbed of his infancy. Like, after he was sick and we got better, I just was in, like, this not cherishing his those early days which are like the most beautiful easiest days you ever have with your children and so I just felt like I was totally robbed of that so then having Eileen she just brought so much light and so much joy and so like knowing now with Mary what happened with you it was like we would have could share those experiences um differently so I think it's important that you just talk to people about what you go through because it does really shape your connections with people and, and how you can connect and heal through what you've been through or what I've been through or, and just being open and honest about things like that. And what would you and hope, I, Mom, that your story tells? Well, I just feel in my heart that children are a gift and a blessing, and that's the best presence in the whole wide world. Truly is the best art, hey, the things that women create through the light of a child, right from, I would believe, conception. I think you change. I can, I can still speak of the minute I knew I conceived Brandon. The very, I knew I was pregnant. I mean, we know as women, we know, right? We know. We know, and everything is, you're so, you know, baby is, you've made a baby that's there. Peace falls to the ground. You give birth. Peace falls to the ground. Because what you said one time, Brittany, is being a mother that the happiest women are not always mothers. Oh yeah, so true. But like when you choose, when you choose to be a mother or however becoming a mother comes to you, um, it definitely, I think like the pieces of her, like I saw an art installation talking about how art speaks to you, but it was how like all the pieces of the mother, you take those pieces and they actually create the child. It's all the holes in the, in the person. Yeah, it was like that piece I just sobbed when I saw it and it was like, it creates what you give to your children, but only by taking away from, and it's not really taking away, but 
but it is at the same time. It's like you give those pieces to your children so they can go on and do the same. And mom, you gave us so many pieces of beautiful Chantilly lace. And I want to say thank you for not killing me when I cut up that dress. Because if we look back now, the pieces of that dress have probably carried further as they're sewed into Mary's only baby outfit that you will own from your hopes and dreams before. You know, we might have lost the dress, but we never lost the pieces. No, we never lost the pieces. So if everybody would like to follow, you can go to thewomenofmichelle.com where we'll be telling very many women's stories. Um, there's another story just about my mother. There's a dress called Patricia. There's a dress called Euphemia. And there's many more dresses and many more pieces coming. And if there's any women out there that would like to tell their stories or have wedding dresses to share, or we could teach you how to cut up your wedding dresses and have the pieces of you remain in your heart forever. So thanks, Mom. This has been absolutely amazing. And um, we can't wait to show you um, Mary. Can't wait. Love you, Mom. Love you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Art Root Radio, and this has been a very special podcast, and um, we'll talk to you all real soon. It's the art and the history connecting all communities, the water flows through, indigenous blue, the tides rise and fall, connecting us all, water is life, hear our call, the water flows through, indigenous blue.